0: Remember back in January when a group of Redditors drove up the price of GameStop?
1: It was discombobulating. It was disturbing. Like, what the hell is going on? I'm Annie Minoff, and I also wanted to know what was going on. Since then, I've talked to dozens of people and learned the
0: full story of how a Reddit forum fueled a massive stock surge, one that took Wall Street totally by surprise.
1: I should have known, yes, I should have, but I did not.
0: Follow our five-part series on The Journal, Sundays starting May 30th, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, diane helbig diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach author and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas tips and techniques with business professionals worldwide diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business whether it's sales structure social media planning or plateauing
2: today's podcast is sponsored by audible.com audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com businessgrowth business accelerate your business growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to everything from uh, people first to Proven, to MSNBC's Your Business, Inc.com, Forbes.com. It's really, we are really honored uh, with uh, the multitude of lists that we are on for uh, podcasts that are great resources for uh, sales, small business, leadership. Uh, if it's got to do with business, I think we just might be on the list. And that is really because of the guests. These are folks who, I have expertise in certain areas of business, and they join me to share that expertise with all of you. Today is no different. Today my guest is Rich Horwath. As the CEO of the Strategic Thinking Institute, Rich leads executive teams through the strategy process and has helped more than 50,000 leaders around the world develop their strategic thinking capabilities a former chief strategy officer and professor of strategy. His work has been featured in the Harvard Business Review, which is a New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today best-selling author as well. Thanks so much for joining me today, Rich.
0: Diane, it's great to be with you.
2: Well, I I love this topic, strategic thinking. I'm I'm a specific thinker, so (laughs) 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 a great topic. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, and I'm wondering if you would start with explaining to the listeners, what is strategic thinking?
0: Yeah, great question. So strategic thinking is really your ability to generate new insights on a regular basis that help you grow, achieve your goals and create advantage for either yourself or your organization. And, you know, we hear that word insight thrown around a lot and the, the simple definition of an insight is really a learning that leads to new value. So strategic thinking is simply being able to be aware of, to cultivate, to generate these learnings that lead to new value so that you can continually be proactive in creating that new value for your customers, whether they be internal or external.
2: Okay, can you give us an example of uh, what it looks like in practice?
0: Sure. So, you know, let, let's, say we have, uh, let's say we have a company that is looking to come up with a new product. So they've got a bunch of products and, and they're doing fine, but they haven't really been able to, to jump to that next level of revenue growth. So strategic thinking uh, might look like the following. It might look like uh, being at a trade show. And having a conversation with somebody who's not a customer, but they come by and they and they mention a, a problem or challenge that they're having uh, with uh, with with some of their work and so instead of just kind of passing that off as you know well that you know that's fine, but that's not really anything that applies to us really then that person takes the opportunity to ask them questions, to dive a little bit deeper and to understand kind of what's at the root of the challenge or problem that they're facing. Then they would take that, 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 um, that, that comment back to the organization, and they would sit down and talk with some people in the organization, um, people from other functional areas, other parts of the organization, different levels, and they would knock that around, and they would think about, are there ways that we could bring value to this problem or to this challenge that this person faces? And so, again, that conversation then, and I use the, conversa- the word conversation very intentionally because I think, Diane, and you probably have seen this as well, strategy a lot of times has become this annual event, like a birthday where it happens once a year you know there's a lot of signage and fanfare we get excited and then it goes away for 11 and a half months and I think good strategy good strategic thinking really involves regular conversations about what's important to customers and how can we help them solve their biggest challenges their biggest issues
2: I completely agree with you and it it is funny it's it's more of a it feels like it's it's more of an exercise instead of really a way of thinking.
0: Exactly, exactly. And that exercise a lot of times looks like a, a thirty or forty PowerPoint slide deck, and there's <laughs> there's a bunch of different templates, and people fill out the templates. But they don't always understand why they're filling out those templates and it becomes more of a check the box, as you know, to your point, check the box exercise where we're going through the motions, but we're not generating any new thinking or new new insights and that's why I think so many people have stopped doing or, or don't like to do strategic plans, because there's no new thinking that's in the plans. It's, right. it's basically just repeating what they've done year after year. And, you know, as we know, Einstein describes insanity as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And I think that's the way a lot of us tend to behave.
2: No question. It, that is absolutely a thing. It's unfortunate, but see, that's why we're talking about it. So, um, and can any company in any industry benefit from strategic thinking?
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's a great point because I think some people feel, well, we don't have the time to think strategically. We don't have the time to do strategy. You know, we're too busy. We're we're working around the clock, but the the reality is the organizations that don't think strategically that don't take the time to generate those insights, they're always going to be treading water. They're always going to be struggling to provide value because they're not necessarily looking to what's next. They're looking kind of in the rear view mirror of what they've done in the past, but customers are always wanting to know what's the new value. How are you going to serve us differently? How are you going to serve us better? And so I, I don't believe companies can afford to not think strategically. And again, Again, you know, you look at research out of Harvard Business School, uh, they had a study over 25 years, looking at 750 bankrupt companies. And what they found was that the number one cause of bankruptcy, 80% of the time was bad strategy. And so, again, you know, that bad strategy just comes from the fact that, you know, people aren't thinking strategically, you know, strategic thinking is a skill like, like anything else, like playing golf, playing the piano. If we play the piano once a year, we're not going to be very good at it. If we do strategy once a year for a couple days, we're not going to be very good at it. So I think it's a great point that you make. I think we've got to be able to carve out time to think strategically, and and the best leaders typically do that.
2: Yeah, for sure. And so it's something that can be learned. I, I get that. But what do you think is, like, the biggest challenge for people when they're learning to think strategically?
0: Yeah, you know, I would say one of the biggest challenges is just the whole culture of firefighting and reactivity. You know, we live in such such an action-oriented society that I think people almost feel nervous when they're not doing something physically. So I think we, I think the biggest challenge is, is just not reacting to everything that's going on around us. You know, everybody's multitasking, trying to do a lot of different things at, at once. But the research shows that multitasking typically makes you 30 to 40% less productive and less effective than people who tend to monotask, meaning focusing on one thing at a time. So I, I think having the discipline to carve out time and out or two hours, three hours to work on one project or carving out 30 minutes to step back and just think about, you know, what are we working on? Why are we working on it? And how could we be doing it a little bit better or differently? If we have the discipline to do that, then I think it really sets us up to be, to be more successful, to be more thoughtful about the way that we're approaching our work.
2: And are there like, you, you, you were talking about that and the thought that kept coming into my head was, if there are prompt questions or prompts that a business leader could ask themselves, that even if they carry the list around with them so that they were getting themselves into a habit of challenging the status quo uh, of asking themselves certain questions to get to what are, what are we actually doing and,
0: is there another way? Yeah, I love where you're going with that because I'm a big believer, as you are, in the fact that we've got to have some type of trigger in order to kind of change our habit, to change the way that we're doing something to be more effective. So I'm, I'm with you on that. So I tend to rely on these three A's when it comes to strategic thinking. And so the first A is acumen. So the question, to your point, on our, on our checklist would really be, what's the new value here? what's the new idea what's the new value what's the new insight that's going to help us be better be more effective and provide greater value so what's that new value i think is always a key question because if we go through the laundry list of tactics and activities that we're doing day in and day out and we simply ask that question what's the new value associated with this thing that i'm working on right now this project this activity this tactic sometimes we're not able to answer that question. There really isn't any new value. We're just doing it because we've always done it. So I think that's the first question. The second question, the second A is allocation. So really, how am I using my resources today, my time, my talent, and any budget I have to be effective? Because we can have strategy written on a PowerPoint slide or in a binder, but the real strategy is how are we using our resources day in and day out? Because when we t- talk about strategy, we're really talking about that resource allocation um, to help us achieve our goals. So, what, so what, where are we allocating our resources? And that third question on that checklist would really be, what are my key priorities? because it's amazing how often we're spending significant time on things that aren't really tied to the priorities that we have. So to me, those, you know, it's a great point that you bring up. I, you know, I love those types of checklists too. So those would be my three points, the acumen, what's the new value allocation, where am I putting my resources in that third one action? You know, what are my priorities?
2: Yeah, boy, I love those. I, I love those. I, I so agree with you. So many people Spend time on things that are not priority. I do a lot with um, what people call time management, and the first thing I say is you can't manage time, you can manage decisions, so let's just move on, right? Because then it changes the way you think about it, and you realize, oh, wait, I actually do have some sort of control over this as opposed to feeling totally helpless and there's just nothing I can do. There's only so many hours in a day. Right, how are you using them?
0: And that's such an important concept that you just brought up, Diane, you know, I love the way that, you know, you've taken that adage of, you know, the focus on time management and turned it on to the focus of decisions, because, you know, the word decision comes from that Latin word decadete, which means to cut off. And to your point, most people we, we in business, we don't cut things off from our time and attention. We just kind of passively attend to a lot of different stuff so that our plate is just overflowing with things and we can't possibly possibly do them all. So we tend to get frustrated, you know, things fall through the cracks. So I love the fact that, you know, you, you, you focus on decisions and and when you do that and you're really helping people understand that, look, we can't do it all. And we really need to say, you know, what are the areas that we bring the most value in? So I think, you know, for the listeners out there, you know, Diane's point around, you know, really thinking about the decisions and cutting things off, I think is a, is a key one.
2: Thanks. I, I, it's, it really does. I like watching when I, I'm doing those workshops and people's thinking shift right then when you say it because we are conditioned to believe certain things. And it's the, that is one of those limiting beliefs that I think gives us like a path. And we don't really have to own what we're doing or what we're spending our time on because after all, I have so much to do, and there's only so many hours in a day. <laughs>
1: right, <laughs> no, right.
2: Stop. Knock it off already. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ah, so good. And I, I love this whole strategic thing. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break, so then we can continue the conversation. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of digital audio entertainment and information, they have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Two Brain Business 2.0 by Chris Cooper and Strategy Man Versus the Anti-Strategy Squad by our guest, Rich so, visit slash business growth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. As I mentioned, we are speaking with Rich today about strategic thinking. So, Rich, why do you think this idea is particularly relevant right now?
0: Well, one of the reasons I think, Diane, is that when you look at how quickly things change, so, you know, whether you work in technology, in healthcare, uh, the political political arena, things are changing so quickly. It's It's like trying to put together a puzzle when all of the pieces are moving and changing size and changing shape. I think it's, there's so many things going on. So really, I think today in business, people who are able to See Not only see the big picture, because we hear that a lot with strategy, but be able to create that big picture, to really envision where do we want to go, where are we starting today, and how are we going to get there? What do we need from a competency standpoint, a capability standpoint, a resource standpoint? What are the things that we need to get there? And so the people that can actually take all of the complexity in business, all the things that are changing and really clarify what the direction is that we need to go today, those people are extremely valued because most people are just drowning in too much information too much data. And so the ones, the people that can use the ability to think strategically to sift through all of that information and data and come up with just a few things that are really going to make or break the business and help us get to, to where we're trying to go, that I think is the real reason why strategic thinking has been named kind of that number one uh, quality for senior leaders today because if you don't have that good direction, the people that are working for you and with you, they, they, they tend to lose confidence in, in where you're going. They tend to start veering off track. And so all of a sudden, we've got people doing lots of different things that don't really um, fall into that, that umbrella of what our focus should be.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When you talk about resources and, and allocating resources, I, it, I, I feel like a lot of business leaders, they think that leadership means that they're supposed to have all the answers and that they're supposed to have – the ability to to handle anything and do anything, and so they don't necessarily take advantage of the resources that are around them. And it's not good for the resources. It's not good for the company. It's not good for the leader. So what would you say to, say, a small business owner if they were listening and they were wearing all the hats or most of the hats? and not necessarily delegating to other people.
0: Yeah, it's a really important point that you bring up. And, and so my simple mantra to them would be lead at your level. The research shows that about 41% of the activities that leaders are are. are performing are things that should be delegated. So the research supports exactly, Diane, what you're talking about is that a lot of leaders out there, they're doing a lot of things that they should be delegating. So I think to your point, as a leader, you've got to step back and ask, is this activity important? Am I the only one who can do this activity? If that's true, then, okay, we need to invest the time to do it. But if either one of those two questions are no, uh, it 's not that important, or i 'm not the only one who can do it, then we need to be able to delegate in order to 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 um, to scale a business you 've got to be able to let go of things so that you can do take more time to do that bigger picture thinking to not think about what 's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next quarter. But what's going to happen two years, three years from now? You know, one of my favorite quotes from Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, you know, he said he he often gets congratulations from his friends on having a great quarter at Amazon. And his response is, you know, thanks very much. But that quarter was baked three years ago. He says to his friends, I'm working on a quarter that will happen three years from now. And I think you know it's not only the the Jeff Bezoses of the world, but but all of us need to really think about where do we want to be in three years, and and work backwards from that, and really build in the milestones to get there.
2: Yeah, I I really like the working backward thing, and I I think that sometimes business leaders you know they're they're told to have the goals they have the goals they're they're far out there on the horizon and they're so big that they can't even think about they're not backing up into it they, so, so they do nothing with it because they can't really stop and think about okay in order to get there what do i need to do right now they sort of look at it as going from 0 to 60 without realizing that it doesn't happen that way and that, and in that example with Bezos okay what happened right now, he planned three years ago and figured out what are the things we need to do to get to that point. He didn't just say, okay, we're going to be there next month. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love the analogy they make. It's, I mean, it's almost like saying, you know, there's the top of the mountain you know, we're yeah. just gonna we're just gonna climb it. Well, no, you got I mean you gotta plan how are we gonna get there? What's the path gonna look like? What are the supplies that we need? So you've got you've got to kind of build in all of those stepping stones. And I think that like you said, that's sometimes what we miss. You know, if somebody sets that that big, hairy, audacious goal or sets that vision you as a leader have to put together the, the stepping stones to get there. You've got to be able to show people the connectivity from here to there. If you don't do that, then, you know, then it's really just more of a hope than a strategy.
2: Right. Exactly. Now, is there, it feels to me like there's value in a leader helping their people participate in the strategic thinking process, because sometimes they, you know, that's where really good ideas come from, and they're going to have to follow through with a lot of the planning anyway. Is, is that true?
0: Yeah, I think, it, yeah, I, I do believe that. I think, it, again, you know, one of the analogies I use, it's almost like your car, you know. If you, if you don't take your car in at all to get it serviced, to get the tires rotated, the filters checked, the oil change. You know, at some point, you're going to have a break. That car is going to break down. And I think yeah. it's the same I think it's the same way with the business. You know, if you as a leader don't do kind of what I call kind of a strategy tune-up, if you don't bring your people in quarterly, twice a year, and sit down and talk about, you know, what are the patterns or trends we're seeing in the market today? You know, how have our customers' thinking and actions um, changed over the last six months? You know, what are they looking for that's different or new? What are some of the challenges that our customers face? You know, if we don't sit down with our people and do that, you know, you you bring up a great point. You know, the leader is not the one that has to have all the answers. That's, you know, that's almost impossible, but the leader has to be able to harness their people's thinking on a regular basis to to, to help solve all those challenges and to help them understand where they really can take the organization long-term. So, you know, I'm with you. I think, you know, the days of having one person do all the thinking, I mean, they're gone because we, we need to rely on the people who are closest to the customer, who are understanding what's changing out there, who see the competitive activities. And again, as a leader, if you don't carve out time to sit down with your people, to talk about those things, then you're going to absolutely be missing key strategic inflection points in the industry, in the market. So you got to make that time happen. I know it's difficult because everybody's so busy, but whether it's virtual or whether it's a live meeting, you know, you've got to be able to carve that time out.
2: Well, and you bring up something so critical in that there are things that are changing all the time that one person cannot possibly keep their finger on everything that's going on. And to, to have a strategic plan and never look at it in relation to, okay, but what is going on out there in the market? What's going on in the world? What, what is new? What's dropping off? All of those things, you, you never know then whether your plan is, is on track you know, whether you need to adjust or shift, do any sort of replanning based on circumstances.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, because like like you said, if if you're not, if you're not, Taking time to update the plan, it becomes irrelevant. and And so, why don't yeah. people look at their plans? Because they're not relevant, like you said. <laughs> if we're not updating them with what's happening, what's changing, then then they are irrelevant. And so, they're not going to add value to what we're doing. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think you do have to take time, uh, share with people ideas, get them to share ideas with you. You know, some of the companies that I work with, we you know, we set up these insight networks. So every quarter people at different levels are required to submit their insights those those two or three or four things uh, again learnings that have led to new value for them and their team and and you start to share those within the organization and all of a sudden that becomes a really powerful way to learn and and like you said really stay on top of what's changing so that it can inform our plan and so that we can make changes in the plan so that it's really going to actually help us succeed in, in in our in our market
2: That sounds like a great program. Insights. I I love people feel more connected to the success, the progress of the organization when they're given those opportunities.
0: Yeah, I, you know, that that's a great point, too. You look at all of the research that shows how disengaged employees are. You know, Gallup does right. a lot of surveys. Surveys. You know, the latest one, I think, was 19% are fully engaged in, in their companies and the business. I mean, you know, the, the, the statistics are staggering on how many people are not engaged and why, to your point, it's a great insight on your part. Why are people not engaged? Because they're not really asked to be engaged. We're not asking them to help us with the okay. new thinking, with new ideas, with, with the things that are going to really help us grow the business, people start to contribute to that, then they really see the value that they can provide. But if we just look at people like, uh, you know, a, a, a person just to fill a, fill a task or fill a role and not really look at the value that they can provide, the new ideas that they can provide, then we as a leader, we're, 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 we're missing that. We're, we're missing a big per- potential um, opportunity to grow our business. So I, I'm with you. I think people will feel much more engaged engaged if we give them that opportunity to, uh, to contribute.
2: And, and there's no question that they have those insights. They're working with certain people and certain processes every day. They, they have ideas. They have thoughts. They know what potentially works and doesn't work. So it, it's, it's, it makes everyone's life easier and better to go, basically go to the source, right? Just go to the people who are dealing with something all the time and ask them what's working, what isn't, what, do they have any thoughts on, on what could be better?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, th- those three questions that you just posed, I think are so, they're, they're, they're so profound, they're simple, but, but we don't take the time to ask them. And, and like you yeah. said, those are great tips for anybody out there to, 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 to drive new business, to drive their growth almost overnight by simply engaging people in that conversation.
2: Yeah, it's always amazing to me um, how many uh, leaders, like, don't do these things. So one of the questions that I have for you is, why do you think this sort of leadership skill is missing among so many CEOs and managers?
0: Well, you know, I think one of the reasons it's missing is that, you know, most skills have to, there has to be a learning curve for the skill. And because strategy is abstract, you know, it's like leadership or or love, you can't reach out and touch it. It's not a physical thing. It's not, you know, it's not like hitting a tennis ball. So because it's this abstract thing, I think a lot of people have not really understood you know how do we teach it. You know The research shows that only about one out of every four companies actually do any type of training or development around strategy and thinking strategically. so you, know, wow. you figure seventy five percent of people in a company at the, at the leadership level have never had any training in it. I think that 's one of the main reasons is it 's not, not a lack of capability to your point earlier, people have the answers. People have the ideas. They're capable. They just don't have the awareness potentially of, you know, what it means to think strategically. What does it mean to come up with a new insight? What does it mean to have emotional intelligence? They just haven't really been shown what good looks like. And so I think to your point, you know, even starting with a simple white paper, a book, a podcast like this one, you know, people can start to learn some of these concepts and then, and then build on that, you know, from there.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. It's it's. I, I find it fascinating that that so many people are in positions of leadership for reasons that aren't necessarily because they have developed a skill set around leadership.
0: That, yeah, that's, I see the same thing as well, and I think what happens is people, people are promoted uh, yeah. oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes because they're very good at, at a certain activity or task, right. uh, maybe, maybe selling a, a product or uh, writing copy uh, or maybe if you're if you're an engineer, um, you know, for 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 creating a, a better process or process reengineering. So they're promoted because of that certain skill set, but then when you're asked to lead, it involves a number of different skill sets. Things like strategic planning, emotional intelligence, communication skills. There's a lot of different things. So the leader really has to to kind of acquire or develop all of those other skill sets that oftentimes the company says well you did well over here I'm sure you'll do well over here as well but that's (laughs) that's not the case as you know Diane it's not you don't just flip a switch and all of a sudden you're a great leader you know it takes time to develop
1: that
2: yeah yeah exactly so is there um are, are there any sort of lessons that you've learned while you've been going through this process of teaching strategic thinking
0: you know, one of the key lessons that I've learned, I, I think, is that if we want to get on a path where we're really performing to our best, if we're really, if we're really maximizing our potential, we need to keep in mind what the definition of excellence is. And excellence is deviation from the norm. So if you want to excel, You cannot do the same things, the same normal ways that you've always done them or the same normal ways that everybody else in your industry or your market does them because that's not the definition of excellence. The definition is deviation from the norm. So one of the things that I've learned is that, look, if we want to really be at the top of our game, if we want to be, you know, top of our market or the best company we can be, the best leader we can be, we have to deviate from the norm. We have to be willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do, to step outside the comfort zone, to create new value, to do things differently. And I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is we've got to be able to deviate from the norm if we're going to excel.
2: I think that that is huge do you think that that sounds to me like a scary thing for people to embrace
0: you're exactly right diane and the reason it's a scary thing to embrace is because anytime you deviate from the norm anytime you're being strategic you're making trade-offs and inherently what you're saying is we're going to we're going to pass we're not going to do xy and z so we can focus on a and that's scary for a lot of people because the way a lot of leaders operate is they try to do a little bit of everything to kind of cover their bases so that we didn't miss anything mm-hmm. but by spreading ourselves and our resources thin thinly we're not really able to create that bolus dose of value in any one area. So we become this vanilla company, this vanilla offering that's not that doesn't really grab people, grab our customers to say, hey, this is the best in the industry. This is the best in the market. This is a product or service that you really need and want. So I I think to your point, we've got to be able to take that risk, to take that, to make that trade off and say, I'm going to start putting some eggs in this basket. And this is the one where we can bring the most value. So we're going to, we're going to take that risk.
2: Yeah, I I really appreciate that. um, The answer to that question, because I, I'm hoping that when people are listening to this episode and they are thinking about their business, they think of, they sort of take a look and ask themselves the question: are, are we sort of going along with the crowd, or are we putting a stake in the ground? Because it, yeah. it so matters.
0: Absolutely, and and you're so right. I mean, we tend to go with the crowd. We can we tend to follow the herd, and, yeah. and 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 if again, if you think about it, that's the exact opposite thing of what we should be doing. You know, the most successful companies are the ones that really stand out the products that we love, the services that we love, they stand out from the competition. They don't, they don't, they don't go along with the crowd, like you said. So it, it does take guts. It does take courage to do that. But if you want to really succeed long-term, you're going to have to pick times to do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So earlier I asked you if uh, you know, this is valuable for any kind of company in any sort of industry I'm wondering if there are certain industries that can benefit, particularly, you know, well, from leaders who think strategically.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, I think as I've and I've had the, the benefit of working with a lot of different companies in a lot of different industries, whether it's been insurance and healthcare and technology and so forth. And, you know, I would say that the areas where strategic thinking tends to be most valuable are the ones that face the, the greatest levels of competition and, and that yeah. they see, they see that, that things are changing is more quickly in their industry. Because there, there are, to your point, there are some industries where, you know, things have been very, it's kind of a mature industry, things have been settled and there's not maybe, the, the competitive landscape is kind of, it's kind of set so i would say for the for the managers out there that are or leaders that are working in in industries where it it's dog eat dog there's a lot of competition those are the ones that really have to you know to your point a minute ago those are the ones that really have to step out and do some things differently think strategically come up with new value because if you don't in a really highly competitive industry it's gonna you're gonna become a commodity and it's gonna become just a decision around price and most of us don't want our products and services just to be based on price now there's exceptions to that but by and large that's a tough battle to play every day if the only thing customers are looking at is price so i would say you know for the folks that are in really highly competitive industries and, and industries that are changing really rapidly. You've got to be able to set direction to, to your point earlier to change direction uh, and be able to change the plan accordingly. And I think those probably are the ones that, that might benefit the most.
2: Yeah, that's great. And, and that feels like they have to be able to really listen to the marketplace and listen to the changes that are happening around them and believe that they can meet those changes.
0: Exactly. And, I, you know, I, I, I like the way that you put that because sometimes we, we create products and services, or we, let's say we've had products and services for a long time. What To your point, what we don't tend to do is step back and say, how well is the product that we created five years ago, 10 years ago, how yeah. well is that meeting the needs of today's customer? It may not be, or it may be right. partially, but, but things, everything change, everything's evolving. So, you know, to your point, we've got to periodically step back and say, how well are we meeting customers' needs today with the offerings that we have? And, you know, hopefully that serves as a wake-up call for folks to say, hey, we need to be doing better if we want to be around in two years or five years.
2: Exactly. Right. It's not a bad thing. It, it's, it, it you know, change is change. It, it happens. It's, it's sort of a constant. The question, I guess, becomes how do you choose to face it? How do you choose to deal with it? And you have to, because one way or another, you're going to.
0: (laughs) You're exactly (laughs) right. One way or another, we're going to face the music. We might as well be the ones, you know, leading the leading the dance, right?
2: Exactly. Right. (laughs) I'd much rather be the conductor. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a great analogy. I like that conductor piece. That's good.
2: So, um, What do you think the biggest challenges uh, companies face in terms of efficiencies?
0: Yeah, so when, you know, when we think about efficiencies, probably the biggest challenge that people face, I would say, is not being aligned. You know, even in small organizations, it's amazing to me how often that we're not aligned, meaning, you know, we've got one part of the group doing something. We've got another part, let's say, let's say we've got sales you know working on you know bundling and discounting and then we've got marketing trying to you know, promote a higher level product offering with a premium brand. There there, there seems to be a lot of misalignment in organizations. And I think, you know, it goes back to what we we talked about earlier, Diane, is just the fact that, you know, people aren't having regular conversations. Again, even in small organizations, having a conversation on a, a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis, just to make sure that we're all working off that proverbial same page, I think is so important. And, you know, oftentimes, You know, one of the biggest causes of inefficiency is that we've got that we're, you know, we've got several people maybe working on the same type of project or we've got um, You know, people not communicating that somebody's doing something and then two people wind up doing it. So I think a lot of the inefficiency is just around misalignment, not really being aligned with what each person, each group is doing. And again, I think that can really be solved by, you know, having regular conversations about about
2: the key business issues. It is amazing how much communication impacts a business or an organization, either positively or negatively
0: yeah absolutely and I think you know when you talk about communication it's it's between the different levels so you know from one level to the next it's it's um, within levels so people are at the same level talking to each other and then you know it's really the leader you know her ability to you know t- to get people to understand what the vision is, how we're going to get there and and really and really give people that 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 um, that that common theme that common thread that's going to help people succeed, I I would agree with you. I think, you know, those elements of communication are so, so critical.
2: Yeah, it it is amazing. As you were saying that, I, I, I was thinking, and I'm, and I'm curious what you think about this, that if a leader finds that they have people who are doing things that make the leader think to themselves, why in the world is that person doing that or behaving that way or, if they're feeling like it's a negative thing that they should actually turn around and ask themselves have I been consistent and clear enough about why we're doing what we're doing and how everyone or and each one impacts that uh, vision that mission so that they know because if they don't know, then they do their own thing.
0: Right. I love the word that you use there too. You, you know, for, for everybody out there, you know, when Diane says why that is so critical, the, the ability to share why a leader is doing what she's doing that, you know, it's, it's so funny because we, we overlook it very often, but, but, and, and we kind of assume, well, people will understand yeah. the why. But to your point, Diane, if we don't if we don't tell people the why, if we're not explicit as to why we're doing something, then people are, are simply going to kind of make up things in their head. Well, it must be because of X or must be because of Y, <laughs> even though that might not be true. So, so, you know, I love that word why that you use because that's a key piece. So, you know, for any leaders out there listening, you know, ask yourself, I, am I translating what we're doing to into the why for people that's such a such a great question
2: yeah thanks i i really hope that people are hearing that because i agree with you i i think they honestly believe that everyone knows why because they said it once or it's up on a mission statement on the wall when they walk into the building yep they they think they know and the truth is they probably don't, and it's really the leader's job to make sure they're communicating it. Don't don't assume anything. The worst thing that happens is you're over-communicating, which I think is probably pretty hard to do.
0: I would agree completely. Very hard to over-communicate these days.
2: Yeah, yeah. This is so great, Rich. I have so enjoyed this conversation. Will you let the listeners know how they can find you and what, what you're doing over there at the Strategic Thinking Institute?
0: Yeah, Diane, thank you. It's been, it's been great to chat with you as well. Uh, so if, if people are interested in free resources, because everybody likes free, there's, there's um, dozens of free resources at strategyskills.com. So strategyskills.com, lots of free resources, articles, infographics, you know, things that, that hopefully will give you, there's some checklists as well. So things that, you know, Diane and I have chatted about around strategic thinking, you know, hopefully a, a good foundation um, to, to help folks out there.
2: That's great. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that a lot. Uh, and as I said, thanks so much for uh, spending the time with me. I've really enjoyed the conversation, and I think this was so important for the folks who are listening to just reframe how they're thinking and, and how they're decision-making to see if they could be um, doing things maybe a little differently that would have a greater impact. So... That's you listeners that I'm talking about. I want to thank you as well for tuning in, and I would like to thank audible.com. To get your free trial of audible.com as well as a free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com/businessgrowth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious, and until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day.
1: Better sleep means a better you. That's why Mattress Firm stands behind the rest assured promise. Featuring the best mattresses from America's top rated brands like the Temper Breeze collection and save up to $500 on premium adjustable mattress sets. Plus get a $300 instant gift with your purchase. Good toward sleep accessories.
2: Shop Tempur-Pedic, Stearns and Foster and more with our sleep experts today to get your best sleep only
1: at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. Visit mattressfirm.com for complete details.